great. But here's what he did. Rhyme it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Oh, please just rhyme it. And he really gets into it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Yes, of course. We will you don't even have to think about it. So let's rhyme it today. Rhyme it. Yes. We are going to rhyme it. Just that's where he just after ran down. Everybody, amazing. I'm not going to remember any of it. That's good. Way to go. All over the Rams today and Rammy. Now he's like on his feet. How are you guys? Who's Wow. Rammy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Rams Brothers. I'm your host, Dean, and I'm joined, as always, by my brother and the other great host of this show, Nick. And Nick. There's a lot of stuff that's unfolding. The league year starts in nine days exactly. Quarterbacks are moving all over the board. Rams are making some big transactions. But first and most importantly, how are you, my brother? I'm good. I, this had to be had to have been the craziest Monday since the offseason started. I mean, Derek Carr Saints, which means um, our guy. Um, crap, who was their backup quarterback? I can't remember his name right now. I'm blanking. Famous? Jamin, probably going to be a buck. Probably going to go back to the Bucks. Derek Henry, uh, Allen Robinson's probably going to get traded. Like, what a whole day of just, you know, mismatch everything. Geno Smith signs a three-year, $105 million contract. That's not real, right? That was tweeted on, like, a fake account. I mean, he had had the highest completion percentage in the league last year. His comeback player of the year. Um, a couple of really good accolades is a dot was really high. It was higher than Mahomes. like some crazy. Remember we were talking about like late in the season last year, how Gino had put up these miraculous numbers and could have finished the season with the highest completion percentage in NFL history. We're like, what the hell's going on? But yeah, that's the way of the league. I mean, this is how crazy the league in its entirety is. There's so, so many moving pieces and there's so much work that needs to be done before that March 15th date. And the Rams have plenty of work to do. And so you can almost make the argument that you have to make the time after the Super Bowl a little bit more extended. Maybe the league year starts a week later, just so that you can get everything in terms of the combine in play. You get everything in terms of, you know, letting guys seek trades, letting guys, you know, mutually agree to part ways. There's there's so many things that happen before this March 15th date. So that's what's going on. The Rams are kind of getting ready. They're gearing up for an insane offseason. And it feels like uh, Rams fans are a little bit all over the board based on what we're seeing on social media. It's like you can cut ties with some of your second tier core players and be okay with it. Or you're, you're deeply connected to some of these guys. Like I am with Jalen Ramsey. It's just really hard to, to imagine the amount of work that has to get done before this date of March 15th. So Nick, I just want to ask your opinion right off the bat. Some of the news that came out this morning on Allen Robinson and Leonard Floyd, the news broke at seven o'clock this morning. Tom Pelissero sent like a scheduled tweet so that's four o'clock in the morning on the West Coast. Like, what, what's your first reaction when you open your eyes this morning to see the news? The first thing I thought about was his contract. And I was like, okay, if they can unload that, you know, totally awesome, like perfect. He did not produce last year. He did not find a connection with Stafford. Coming off of a Bigfoot injury. Mm-hmm. Zero. This Rams team, like we've always been saying, they have zero complacency. Like, get away from him. And then the immediate second thought was, this opens the door for Robert Woods even more, which I think is a is a legitimate um, you know conversation that's probably being had by Sneed and McVay right now. And I, you know, I'm sure Cup is bringing that to the door of them and is texting that and like, hey, you know, like 
let's bring back somebody here that is has shown that he has what it takes to produce on this offense, has a connection with Stafford, has a connection with Cup. Like, I mean, I I know him and Stafford never fully got got there, but you know, they were making strides. There were a couple games like that, uh that Colts game in 2022. Or is it 2021 season? 2021 season. 21 season. Like he was kind of the MVP of that game. So, I mean, there's uh, I, I and listen, I I love Bobby Trees and I want him back in Los Angeles as much as the next Rams fan. I just don't know that it's priority right now. Like I don't think. First of all, Robert Woods is not going to be one of the top free agents that are signed, and you have all of these maneuvers that you have to be able to make to get under the cap before that March 15th date. And maybe it is one of the guys that's on that's high on the priority list in terms of receivers. And the, the free agent class isn't that deep, and there's a lot of good draft um, draft prospects coming out in terms of receivers. But Nick, just for just for reference, the March 15th date is only nine days away. So before that, they have to prioritize. And this is something <clears throat> I feel like, <clears throat> excuse me, all good Rams fans are forgetting about is the fact that there are 19, 18 unrestricted free agents that need to be prioritized, deprioritized before the March 15th date. You have to be able to get under the salary cap of $224 million by way of trade, cuts, et cetera, whatever that's going to be. They're roughly $9.5 million over. And then you take into consideration what the draft class is going to, how the draft class is going to affect the salary cap, which is an additional $6.7 million. They have to finalize the coaching staff, which for the most part is completely finalized. If they want to bring in a senior offensive assistant, they can. If they want to bring in another offensive line coach, another assistant defensive line coach. Those are really the only three pieces that are missing at this very moment. And then, you know, also at the same time, like the combine's happening. So you're kind of com- compiling things like RAS scores and senior ball grades and tape from these college players from the last two, three years, whatever it may be. So there's a lot of stuff that you need to do to be able to get in a good spot. And, you know, obviously you don't win the Super Bowl in March, but I think you set yourself up for the next two, three seasons. And I think the, the objective of, you know, having to kind of retool this roster, it's how do you create the next window? How do you continue to build on to the core of players that you already have in Stafford and Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald? Like who, who comes within that second tier? We were talking on Twitter today, the second core that, that is just players that are within that top tier, within the top 10 in terms of percentages against the salary cap that are also, you know, bottom half of that tier could potentially be expendable. And we're seeing that this year with guys like Allen Robinson, with guys like Leonard Floyd, guys like Jalen Ramsey. You know, if you're not at the top of the top and you're not within the, the main three in terms of the core, you could essentially be on the chopping block. So it's, scary. It's, it's kind of tough to comprehend. Yeah, it's the fact that you're going to probably lose – three or four players that you've kind of grown accustomed to loving, whether that's Tyler Higby, whether that's Leonard Floyd, who was here for a Super Bowl run, you know, it's almost, it's, it's really kind of a, a tough pill to swallow, but it's the nature of the business. It's the nature of the salary cap. And um, like you said, Nick, we were talking about in previous episodes, Alan Robinson and Bobby Wagner were two guys that were potentially candidates to be restructured. Alan Robinson was potentially a candidate to be traded. And what do you know? The news breaks this morning. So, yeah, I mean, like I kind of said, like earlier, it's just they they have no time. It's like they will admit their mistakes. They messed up. They took yeah. a swing on Robinson. They signed him a big contract, and it didn't work. And now they're ready to move on from it. And I think the best way to keep a window open, you know, they shown that you can do that through free agency, right? Yeah. The Eagles did that as well. So that's something that you know has been explored and has been done, but. 
that's the outlier. The Rams winning in that season, like going out and getting all these high tier players, that doesn't really happen all the time. And when it does happen, it usually fails in football. Right, right. It's the exception. It's not the example. So right now, I think what they want is depth. And you get depth through the draft. You get it through like, you know, kind of low balling some of these free agent options and like selling them on the idea of the team. And they have no draft capital. And the way to do that is to sell some stocks. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like a backhanded compliment to Ramsey. Cause it's like, we need a lot to, to be good right now. Like we are not good with what we have right now. We need a lot. And the way to get a lot is through, you know, one of our pillars and you are the pillar that we can afford getting rid of, but we're not, you know, we're going to send you off to somewhere. Hopefully that's like a contender and we can get a lot of stuff for you. Like we're not going to just, you know, send you to Houston or something like that. Right, so, right. so yeah, I, I just think, I just don't think they have top tier draft capital right now. You don't have a first round draft pick right now. Right. So you can, if you could flip that, get into the, get it. Yeah. Right. Get into the first round. And you have you have some capital in terms of second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth and seventh round. But if you're trying to get back into the first round and you're trying to potentially rebuild a couple of pieces within that core, I think that's going to be one of your opportunities to do it. You're not going to you're not going to cut Jalen Ramsey. You're going to potentially trade for him, and the savings would be if you traded for him five point six million dollars. But then the player that you trade for him plus the potential first round pick is then going to equal the amount of cap that Jalen Ramsey would be saving you if you did end up moving on from him. So, I mean, it's, you're really kind of, uh, you're cutting your hand to spite your face, whatever the term is, right? It's like, you have to, you have to take a shot in order to be able to potentially rebuild the outside of the core. And I think that's, what's so difficult is who was that player that you could potentially trade for? And then who was that draft pick? You know, is it a top tier draft pick? Is it a first and a fourth? Is it a second and a third? And then when you take into consideration guys like Allen Robinson, because we've already talked at length, about Jalen Ramsey trading out Robinson. He's in the middle of a three-year, $46.5 million contract. It was signed last spring. I remember seeing the pictures of him in the new uniform. I remember seeing the jersey swaps and all the mocks and everything. And just, it felt like it was it was falling into place. Or you felt like Allen Robinson was going to be a guy, despite the fact that he's the kind of receiver that likes to go up and get the ball. He's not entirely a possession receiver, somebody who could find soft spots in the zone. Although we tried to forcibly talk ourselves into that, he wasn't necessarily that guy. We were the- high off of the Super Bowl. I mean, can we you blame us? And it's a it's a great player. Like it's a guy that's had fourteen hundred yards with Blake Bortles and and Nick Foles or whoever the hell else was in uh, in Chicago at the time. So I mean, it's it's not like what Allen Robinson didn't do in his first three years, four years isn't great. It's just I think the expectation of a twenty nine year old receiver who had thirty three receptions for three hundred and thirty nine yards and three touchdowns in ten games before undergoing season-ending foot surgery, that is horrible. I mean, it's and you also have to take into account there's context within that stat. The offensive line wasn't capable of staying healthy for more than a two-game stretch. Your quarterback was knocked out. You had John Wolford and Bryce Perkins coming in there, throwing him the ball. But, like, incurring $11.2 million in dead money if they end up trading out Robinson before June 1st, it sounds like a lot. But the savings is is really what kind of comes into play here. And the fact that it's going to be a potentially a sliding scale in terms of trades and previous moves, they've done this before. But it's it's the amount of salary that the team could potentially absorb, that being the Rams, and then determined by you know, a, num- a number of, of picks 
uh, you know, a, a, another player in return, right? That's kind of the case with Allen Robinson. They're trying to determine if they are going to trade him, which makes it more of an incentive once you do take it on is how much money of the, of the contract, the current contract that's in place, are the Rams going to eat so that we can make it a little bit more feasible for the next team who's going to take on Allen Robinson. So for anybody who's saying, oh, Allen Robinson doesn't have a, does, there's no market for a big trade with Allen Robinson, taking into consideration the fact that the Rams will eat some of the salary cap and the fact that the wide receiver free agency class, isn't that great? And it's Odell Beckham Jr., Robert Woods, and then there's a pretty severe drop-off under that. Yeah. So I, I do think that it's it's definitely something to consider. And Nick, going all the way back to what you said, you make a mistake. That's what Tony Pastors, Les Snead, Kevin Demoff, that's what they do. They make a mistake. They cut ties. They eat the dead money in that same year. And then they go on and try to rebuild the next window. Yeah. It is a consistent cycle of greatness. They make a mistake. They release these bone color jerseys. They don't <laughs> sell well. They phase them out. They bring in the the new throwbacks, and then now all of a sudden there's a new jersey coming out again. So right, yeah. I mean, how many? Yeah, how many things can you you make a mistake on, but then simultaneously get so many things right? The stadium. The only thing they ever double down on because they'll make a mistake, but and then if they get, if they admit it, it, it's a mistake, then they'll just you know continue with it or something. Um, the only thing they've ever doubled down on is the the LA logo. After there was <laughs> universal hate, they were like, "It doesn't matter. This is what we're sticking with." It's true, and you go back in the history of this team, like you you could have doubled down on Todd Gurley. Where would Jared that have gone? Yeah, you could have doubled down on Jared Goff. You could have still had him as your franchise quarterback. You could have very easily doubled down on Brandon Cooks, who got one of those crazy contracts. I think he got like $83 million over four or five years. And you could have doubled down on him. You could have kept him. You could have restructured him. He's had some good seasons in the past couple of years. He's over a 1,000-yard receiver, even though he's catching passes from Davis Mills and whoever the hell else in Houston. Like There are mistakes that you could have doubled down on that actually wouldn't have bitten you in the ass. And there are some moves that they've made over the history of, of this regime that has been perfect. It's been exactly what you needed to do to turn the page on a player that's been there for a long period of time. And then you get somebody new in and it's it's like a whole new world. It really is. So I don't know if, um, you know, Leonard Floyd news came out today too. So it's not just Alan Robinson. The fact that the Rams could potentially release or trade Leonard Floyd. And I just want to caveat this with, if you trade Allen Robinson, there's obviously, I wouldn't say obviously a big market for him, but cutting him doesn't do you any good. I think you eat $6.9 million in uh, in cap savings. No, that's Ramsey. Robinson's 8.4. So you lose $8.4 million. You don't save anything if you were to cut ties, just flat out cut, release Allen Robinson. If you trade him, that's where the savings come into play. And the same thing is to be said with Leonard Floyd. So Leonard Floyd, the savings would actually be identical if he were to be cut, if he were to be traded. It's still $3 million either way, which is why when the news breaks, it said the Rams have given Leonard Floyd permission to seek a trade, but they will release him if they can't find a partner. There was no caveat in the Allen Robinson news. It was yeah. just Allen Robinson, they're going to give him permission to seek a trade. There's no opportunity to even cut Allen Robinson, so they're going to forcibly have to eat some of the contract. So yeah. yeah, we're not capologists, Nick. We're not. We don't work for Spot Track. We don't work for Over the Cap. But well, um, 
I also think that when this stuff is released, mm -hmm. like nine, maybe like 99 times out of 100, there are move will be made. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. at this point, the only thing that's so strange is the Cam Akers that was just, it seemed like every story was both these people wanted to get off of each other and they just so happened to stay, to stay together and it kind of worked out. And now there's no talk of, Cam Akers anywhere, which is just so bizarre. Um, mm, but I expect it's not everybody, everybody keep them. Yeah, no, I think they might keep them. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. it's not cool. costing them much. I mean, it's not. Yeah, but they might seek out another yeah. um, running back in free agency, and then mm -hmm. you know put him with um, Robinson or Floyd in a situation. But I expect all three of Robinson, Floyd, and Ramsey to just be completely gone um, by the start of next season. Yeah, I mean, I understand why. I put together this uh, color-coded spreadsheet, Nick, mm. so, so don't be overwhelmed. But I just wanted to, because uh, if I were to look at this in first glance, I would be extraordinarily overwhelmed. But as you look at this, it shows you the cap savings if each player were to be cut. Jalen Ramsey, Allen Robinson, Leonard Floyd, Tyler Higbee, Joe Nopum, and Brian Allen, which I feel like are the top considerates in terms of who could potentially be released, who could potentially not be back next year. If you look at the list on spot track, everybody below Brian Allen, I think is safe. Goes Jordan Fuller, Cam Akers, Coleman Shelton. There's some guys that fall below the top 10 or so that I feel like are safe. These I feel like are the top six, top seven that are in jeopardy. So Jalen Ramsey and Allen Robinson are not options to cut whatsoever, but they are in fact options to trade. So with Ramsey, like I talked about, you get the $5.6 million in savings. You have to eat $19.6 million in dead money, but that's only in 2023. So these are all hypothetical pre-June 1st cuts or trades, right? So the, the theory is if you were to get a lot of these contracts off the books in 2023, you don't have to deal with any dead money in 2024. And that's the ramification of having to wait until after that June 1st date, right? So if you were to cut guys after June 1st or trade guys after June 1st, the savings increase, right? But the fact that you're trying to cut ties, you're trying to get rid of the dead money from these contracts that you made mistakes on, that's how you do it. That's how you get rid of it in 2023. So Ramsey, if he's traded 5.6 million, like I mentioned, then you got to potentially bring in a draft pick and another player and pay both of those guys. So that money essentially offsets. Alan Robinson, there's 6.8 million in savings potentially right there. Floyd is equal, whether he's cut or he's traded. Higby equal, cut or traded. Joe Nopum, the savings is massive versus if he were to be cut. So that's a $7.5 million savings if he's traded before June 1st, which I think is impossible for a left tackle coming off an Achilles injury. But the savings for a left tackle after you give him the contract last year is $2.5 million. Nick, the fact that they gave Joe Nopum a contract over Jalen Ramsey last year, I get it. I get it. You needed a left tackle. But – it's like all the core guys got paid. You gave Stafford a new contract, Donald, uh, Cop, and Joe Nopum. Yeah, so. which which leads me to believe that you know we probably should have saw this coming. Like yeah, the did. writing, we did. We talked about yeah, this. It's kind of in the water. Yeah, we we talked about this. I mean, we talked about Robinson and and Ramsey and and Bobby Wagner, like all all of them, and Higby, right? Like it's not a guy that anybody wants to see go in Tyler Higby, but. The savings are there. It's one of your biggest cap savings if you get them off the books. Yeah, which is just just feels so weird that he would just be on another team. But then, you know, like, look at it like this. Like, 
the Cowboys just franchise tag Pollard. Yeah. So that means Schultz is a free agent. And like right now, Dalton Schultz, Tyler Higby. I'd rather have Dalton Schultz. I mean, I maybe split in hairs a little bit, but I think I'd maybe go Dalton Schultz over Tyler Higby. I haven't seen enough Dalton Schultz in terms of how he's blocking. Mm. I'm I'm crazy about Darnell Washington from Georgia. Yeah, I saw you. I, yeah, I saw that tweet about him. That's but like that's something like where will he fall in the draft? You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah there's that, a I mean, of other couple of other tight ends that are graded a little bit higher. There's the kid from. Uh, uh, from Notre Dame, Michael Mayer. There's a kid from Iowa, Laporta, who I think is going to be a George Kittle clone type, considering they both went to the same school, had a similar well, they're, score. They're going to have to take swings in the draft. Like, yeah. like key positions that need to be filled are going to have to be drafted. And like, this is the first time I feel like we're saying that outside the running back position for in the past like three years, four years maybe. Yeah, everything was uh everything was a luxury, right? It was like, okay, we could take a potential offensive lineman, but it yeah. would be Logan Bruss, and he would be from Wisconsin, a school we're comfortable with, where Rob where Rob Havenstein went, where David Edwards went. Yeah, this is gonna be great. We're gonna bring him in, it's gonna be turnkey. He'll be a starter or he'll be a guy right off the bench. Boom, injury immediately. Yeah. Like that's how like everything else, defensive back was a luxury, right? If you had more guys outside of outside of Jalen Ramsey and um trying to think of Darius Williams at the time in 2021 was like, Oh yeah, we'll bring in a couple, we'll bring in Robert Rochelle. He had the same RAS score as Jalen Ramsey. All of his, his, uh, his combine scores were identical. Like this is exactly what we want in a player. And it was a luxury pick. Maybe they didn't do their scouting deeply enough, but it seems like Robert Rochelle can't even play football. Like (laughs) there's that much of a, of a discretion from their, their top, like their great picks that they've hit in the, in the third round, the Cooper cups, the John Johnson's. And then there's a massive, massive discretion from, from the next, the, the two, two Atwell's, the Logan Brusses. Uh, there's like, I mean, it's, it's so difficult to, uh, to be able to successfully hit on the draft, but Nick, you're entirely right. This is the year that they got to start stepping it up and, and hitting at least three or four pieces. Yeah. And that's, that's why, Moving on from Ramsey is vital, kind of, just because he's going to get you high draft capital in the first round, and you're going to kind of need that to just accumulate depth. And, mm-hmm. I mean, hopefully next year we don't get hit with the same kind of you know injury situation that we had this year, but we had guys stepping up that should have never even seen the field. Yeah, it was like everybody that we ended up re-signing got hurt, right? Coleman Shelton, um, Joe Noteboom. Matthew Stafford, uh, Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, everybody that got re-signed ended up having a season-ending injury. Yeah. I mean, how often does that happen? Just bizarre. So, yeah, it's bizarre. And, I, you know, for everybody that doesn't want to cut ties and retool or rebuild or whatever the hell it's called, like, you have to understand that this season they still probably would have been a 6-11, and 7-10 and 10 team if everybody were to stay healthy. Maybe that's a little bit – pessimistic, you know, but I mean, I, I just feel like for the gauntlet of a schedule that they had to face, you know, everybody, they had a target on their back all season long. They were still celebrating way into March of last year. It just didn't feel like it was their season. Like it felt yeah. like there were a couple moments within last year where they could have made a run, but it, it seemed like it fell for pretty short, pretty quick. Yeah. I Last season kind of, I'm just going to treat it like, like the blip, 
in the Marvel universe. We got <laughs> snapped and then it didn't even happen and you get snapped back in. It's like, all right, now we're picking back up where we left off. Like, let's yeah. not, let's not even talk about those years where I was blipped. Cause it was just so weird. I mean, they just seemed so tired from the jump. It was so, I mean, you know, that's what, that's what happens when you get to a Super Bowl, and you know, unless you're the Chiefs, you're not you're not making a run the next year. So, they were coming off the longest season in NFL history, right? It was the first game, first season of the of the NFL, and in the NFL's history, where they had eighteen or seventeen regular season games. Then they played a wild card round game, divisional NFC Championship, and a Super Bowl. It's twenty one total games. Like that's a lot of football all the way into the yeah. end of February. And then the celebrations continued. McVeigh had a birthday late into the season. Remember, McVeigh took a bite out of the Lombardi cake, and then just yeah. went, oh, no, I thought that was his wedding. Oh, maybe. Oh, right. He got married right after. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So, I mean, it was just a lot of craziness towards the end of this season. And meanwhile, they're they didn't send anybody to the combine, and that's probably the fourth or fifth season they've done that in a row. But I mean, this seems like it's the most important year. In the last, I would say since 2016, 2017, the most important draft over the past six or seven years, right? Because 17 was reliant on on drafting some guys that could, you could build the core out with. Like if you go back and look at the Rams' 2017 draft, Cooper Cup, Gerald Everett, who else was on, in that draft? 17 Rams draft. Who were the draftees? I mean, 16 was, was Goss, right? 16 was Goff and Higby. Yeah, yeah I was say, this 17, is the most important draft since since 16. Yeah, 17 was a good year. I mean, they went Gerald Everett, Cooper Cup, John Johnson, Josh Reynolds, Samson, Ebukam, Tanzel Smart, Sam Rogers, Ejuan Price. So your first one, two, three, four, five guys were all starting caliber players and are still considered to be in today's NFL. So that was a hell of a draft. Obviously, you can't re-sign everybody. Ed Bucam's in uh, in San Francisco with the 49ers playing opposite of Nick Bosa. And Gerald Everett's uh, with the sister brand of Los Angeles and the Chargers. And Cooper Cup's still with us. And John Johnson's a free agent. And Josh Reynolds repaired up with uh, Jared Goff. Yeah. You need to have 2017 all over again. I wanted to give the, uh, the Dizzle, Nick Martin, a shout-out. We've had him on the show long, long time ago. But he said he feels like this is 2016, 2017 all over again. You have to be able to go really hot with offense, and your defense has to be just good enough, just barely good enough to be able to get you over the top. And over the top means one playoff game, getting into the postseason. It's that season before the season where you're trying to reopen the window. So yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Well, it's kind of like the Seahawks of this year prior where – you know, you're very, very middle of the pack. You're the seventh seed. You're, the seventh seeds are 0-4 now. They've never won a game. Um, you know, you're kind of you, – you feel like you're building on something. But in their case, I think they entirely have false hope. Like, I don't see that team – you know, they really sputtered toward you, towards the end of that season. And they got in a position where they the, the team that they could beat like the one team, the in-division team, it's who they played and they lost. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I think you need – I think this needs to be more of a of a stronger season than that. If you think next year is the year, you kind of need to be able to bring some heat and win like 10, like 10 or 11 games yeah. at this point. 
and then like you know once you get in you're in because then anything can happen but seventh seed right now just totally feels like there's no point to to show up kind of which is bad but that's just kind of the reality of the situation yeah but i mean how deep is the nfc going to be this year right the eagles are going to be a little bit worse you would think green Mm -hmm. bay might be without aaron Rodgers. new orleans with Derek carr seattle with you know there's san francisco like how deep are they really going to be without Brady and Rodgers within that division? Uh, you get rid of the the Niners if maybe they bring a quarterback in. You know the Eagles. You look at the Eagles. I, it's going to be interesting. It is. But yeah, you want to be able to get the seventh seed. You want to be able to win a wild card game or get to the wild card round, and then at least kind of show yourself that you can get back within the winning regime. I think they mm-hmm. just fallen out of it and fallen out of the, that sort of mentality, that sort of culture how they built everything from the ground up. I think it was just forgotten last year because of how uh, drastic the injury situation was. Yeah. And it kind of feels like a little bit uh, deserving. You know, you, you put all your chips in. Yeah. Right. And you got, you know, you flew the magic carpet to the Super Bowl and you achieved the goal. So now you kind of feel like you're just paying the piper a little bit. At least hopefully that's what last year was, even though mainly – more than anything, it was injuries than like, you know, losing people and like, you know, getting like fatigue. So hopefully this year isn't more of that and we can kind of move on and get to a point where where we're back to the Rams of 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 the McVeigh regime that we're used to. Well you were I mean you're right, because I was they were the healthiest team in the league under McVeigh, right? The training staff was great. You know, every everything was was in a really good spot from seventeen to about twenty-two. And then 23 rolls around and 22, 23 rolls around and you're in the worst possible injury situation that you could be in. Like this team's going to look drastically different. I think you just have to be able to accept the fact that it's going to be really, really different. Like you missing, if you're missing Robinson, Floyd, Higby, one of Joe Nopum, Brian Allen, potentially Jalen Ramsey, like that is a drastically different look. And then you take into consideration all the coaches that you lost, right? You lost Thomas Brown. He's the offensive coordinator in Carolina. You lost, um, Special teams coach, obviously, Thomas Brown, replaced by Michael Floor. Special teams coach, Joe DiCamillo, is told to take a walk, replaced by Chase Blackburn. Offensive line coach, Kevin Carberry, was replaced by Ryan Wendell. Defensive backs coach, Jonathan Cooley, was replaced by Aubrey Pleasant. One of my favorite hires of the offseason was bringing Aubrey Pleasant back. Um, Assistant defensive line coach, Skylar Jones, has not yet been replaced. That's why I mentioned earlier on, potentially bringing in an assistant defensive line coach to help out Eric Henderson. And the defensive assistant, Lance Schulters, was replaced by Jimmy Lake. One of Ra's really good friends. I'm excited to see how that relationship works out. And if we're looking at any players from Washington, offensive line or outside linebackers coach Thad uh, Bogardis, his contract was up. It won't be renewed. He hasn't been replaced yet. And then you lost Greg Olson to, uh, to Seattle. Like there's eight coaches. <laughs> you got eight coaches. You got 18 unrestricted free agents, and you got five guys in the top 10 of your salary cap. They're all going to be replaced. Like this is a complete, complete retool. You're maxed out on the word retool. Like you're you're one one little uh, twist of the screw into a full rebuild. Yeah, I mean, like we just call it how it is, right? I just think it's a, a fast – if it's going to be a rebuild, it's fast and hard. Like they are they are trying to get it done as soon as humanly possible. And that's what I like about the Rams. You could turn it around really quick with this team. They have a lack of patience. Yeah. So, and that's, that is – I think it's a benefit for a GM and, and a regime in this league because the longer you sit on guys, 
you know, the longer you're you're trapped in that situation of how do we get out of this contract? Is he is he slowing down? Is he you know the player that he still was? Like you're always asking yourself those questions. So, yeah, I'm I'm interested to see how this all shakes out with with Ron Gold. He was just recently hired as the running back uh, and assistant head coach. Old old Gold. Old Gold. Yeah. So Ron Gold um, is replace technically replacing Thomas Brown because Thomas Brown wasn't the offensive coordinator. Um, he was the running backs and assistant to Sean McVay. Uh, so you'll have him, Ron Gold, in place from San Diego State University and Jimmy Lake at Washington University. So and uh, so those are the two guys that are from college. And then you got Mike LaFleur, obviously I talked about offense coordinator from the Jets in San Francisco, Chase Blackburn from Tennessee and Carolina, Ryan Wendell from Buffalo, Nick Cayley from New England, Aubrey Pleasant from Green Bay and Detroit. And then, like I mentioned before, may still need an offensive linebackers coach to replace that. Defensive line assistant, senior offensive or a senior offensive advisor or assistant, and then big big wit. But those are not essential pieces of the coaching staff. Although I just I just very nonchalantly dropped in big wit's name. I think you sure. could realistically add one or two more pieces to the staff just to completely round it out. But I mean, if you're if you're keeping track and you're a Rams fan, you're gonna look for guys that are from San Francisco that are from Tennessee, that are from Carolina, that are from Buffalo, from New England, places where these guys coached, where it would be a really easy turnkey plug and play, right? Like some of these guys, you already have the experience, you already know who they are, a special teams guy, you know, from, from Blackburn squad, you know, an offensive lineman from the Bills, Roger Saffold maybe, you know, so keep your eyes peeled for that. And then also look for Jimmy Lake, guys from Washington, guys from San Diego State University with Ron Gold, like there, I think there's a lot of ways to do this pretty quick, and uh, it's going to happen fast and furiously. The turnover, I, especially once March 15 comes, which is like nine days away, like yeah. we're going to get to the point where the Rams are going to be acting fast, and I think every aspect of it, the coaching is probably going to be filled up, not entirely by them, but we're going to get to a point where we're going to know what this team is looking like come summertime, come oh, yeah. preseason. So. You know, I mean, I feel like most teams aren't operating on that scale, on that, like, push it to the front, like, fast and hard, like, you know, retooling situation. Um, but, yeah, they, they operate on a completely different uh, window of time than than any other team. I mean, not to go back in division, but, like, what the hell is Arizona trying to do right now? Like, I They've like last year was terrible after starting like what 11 and 0 the year prior. It was a complete like mess up. They fire their head coach, he goes to Thailand, and then they bring the Eagles defensive coordinator in for one of the you have like arguably one of the best talented quarterbacks, you know, in the game right now, like very fun. And you're not even bringing in somebody that has any idea what to do on offense. So I don't, yeah, like, they're not they're not there yet, and and they're comfortable like waiting around and figuring that out. So, like, yeah, no, I know. Capitalizing on that. Yeah, nothing seems urgent with that team. They no. almost have absolutely zero identity. Like, you're going to get rid of DeAndre Hopkins, which would be Kyler Murray's best pass catcher by a mile. You're going to keep Hollywood Brown and Greg Dortch. Like, you saw how that that tandem did last year when AJ Green was out and when DeAndre Hopkins was out. Like, you got nothing there. Like you're overly yeah. relying on a run game. So I'm just not like if you're looking around the division, Seattle, who knows what the hell they're going to be. They were such a surprise last year. I don't want to put a number on what they're going to be. 
San Francisco going to be tough again. Favorites to win the division. I think they're minus 130 right now to win the division. And then Arizona, I think it's going to be 3-14. and 14. Like, you're, you should be, be able to chalk up two wins against that team. So, unless the Rams end up being a, another another year where they're a terrible team and you got to split games with Arizona, which is just worst-case scenario. I don't think we're going to be I'm just not ready for that. I just don't think that could happen. No, I, I mean, listen, I think it's if, – if everything goes as planned – and you, and you save – say you're you're in a situation where before the draft starts, you're $12 million ahead of the cap. So then the draft picks come in minus $6.5 million. Okay, so say you're at $5.5 million. So you got – that's that's two potentially two players. Last year it was Allen Robinson and it was Bobby Wagner. So then that's without taking into consideration who you could potentially trade for Jalen Ramsey, you know who you could trade for Allen Robinson, who you could trade for Leonard Floyd. Um, there's so many – different things that you could do there a lot of a lot of free agents or players being released like you could look throughout the league and, and bring in a proven commodity to fill some of the stop gaps so i don't know how much is going to get done within the next couple of days but i do know it going back to last year when march 12th hit march 13th hit three four days before the league year started we essentially knew how everything was going to shake out yeah we did and, and I think you guys could expect that one full week from today. Later on in this week, we're going to talk through the combine. I'm going to try to get Jordan to join us because she's the greatest Rams insider in the history of Rams reporting. So hopefully she can tell us a little bit more about the draft, the combine, what she saw when she was covering it, and then everything else that's going on in-house. Like where are the Rams is – where are they at in terms of a retool? Are we still considering it a retool? Like what? Like what? What's Jalen Ramsey have to say? Has anybody talked yeah. to him yet? And I and I wonder if they're gonna, you know, with all these like new free agents dropping and teams saying, oh yeah, they're we're thinking about trading them. Like if they're gonna make a big time call to get like another, you know, essential pillar kind of with Jalen Ramsey and not go for depth, which I think would be a huge mistake. But knowing this team, that's a hundred percent on the. That's like a huge possibility. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, what if that other pillar is uh, Brian Burns from Carolina? How mad are you? you yeah. Know? I mean, I think you like, need an edge rush. You're going to get rid of Floyd. You're going to go Michael Hoyt and Daniel Hardy on opposite sides. The, um, the optimist and optimist slash pessimist pessimist in me thinks it's going to be a running back. Really? Yeah. Just to be go full high flying and they're going to kind of see who can like, get them there and use Ramsey kind of in that equation. I don't, I mean, if you trade a Jalen Ramsey for a running back, I'm fucking freaking out mm. in the worst possible way. Cause they, they just do not. I mean, I don't even know what running back I would even trade Jalen Ramsey for. I feel like that's like going back to like the Mike Ditka, Ricky Williams for seven first round picks kind of trade. I don't even know what running back would you trade for? Derrick Henry's going to get cut. Just you think they're going to get cut? You don't think they're going to trade them? I thought they were going to trade them. I don't know. I don't that know. would be the only one. That's the only one where I'm like. I, I wouldn't. I don't think I would trade Jalen Ramsey. For, would you trade straight up? No. Like, no. You yeah, but then like Titan fans were like, I'm not taking Ramsey for, for Henry straight up. I want to get more. I think both. Uh, you probably can't come to agreement there. No. Um, it's running back. Like, you know, like. His defensive back isn't even close. It's not even maybe like I'm thinking Cowboys want to offload. Like, yeah, yeah, that that makes more sense. 
like the, the Cowboys would likely do something that dumb. But then we would be stuck with a, with who Zeke. Yeah. Man, no, no, no shot. No, no, no. You can't trade for a running back. Yeah, I guess not. Unless you're Bill Belichick, you want to get rid of Sony Michelle for what two first round picks, whatever the hell it was. I don't know what the hell. Yeah, he I guess that's that's probably more realistic of what I think they've probably been burned too many times with that cloth. No, yeah, you can't you can't trade him for. I mean, you got to trade if you're going to trade Jalen Ramsey. It's got to be draft capital. I I would think so, and that's my hope. I just worry sometimes that that they're going to do something a little more drastic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Allen Robinson, I think for draft capital makes sense. I think Leonard Floyd for draft capital makes sense. But Jalen Ramsey, a player and capital. I guess a player being, if you get a first round pick out of it, I guess you could do a running back throw in. But then I just wouldn't. The idea of a running back for a defensive back would just, my brain would be. There's just so many pieces going on right now with like what these other teams need as well. Like, you know, like the Raiders now are in the what, Jimmy Garoppolo market but they also kind of have like a lot of really strong assets and pillars on their own team with like mm-hmm. Jacobs and Devonte Adams so it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out until then we will be enjoying an off season where an NFC team didn't win a super bowl yes that's not absolutely i will absolutely be enjoying this off season there's just yeah. so much it's like you want to cover the combine one day, and then you want to cover the unrestricted free agents one day, and then you want to cover the the next top guy who's going to be traded. But as we're going to continuously give you guys free news, plenty of free news coverage all throughout the offseason, draft coverage, players being released, players being traded, players being signed, whatever it might be, make sure you first and foremost... Like and subscribe, join the movement. We appreciate you and we love you. Yeah, thank you guys. And don't forget, if you get a bet to place, whether it be on NHL, NBA, uh, MMA, tennis, box, or, or even golf, head to bet online. Live betting, free contests, giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code BLEAV. Receive your, your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Yeah, you could uh, you throw $100 on Anthony Richardson to be the first overall pick, turn a quick $400 profit. No, I'm just kidding. It's going to be CJ Stroud. Um, there are uh, so many good draft storylines. I don't want to overload you guys and kill you with it as we have almost a month and a half to prepare for the actual draft. So coverage coming later this week. It'll continue for the next month. And anything breaking, come right here, the Rams Brothers, and we got you covered. Yeah, Dean, let me just ask you this real fast, all right? Yeah. Not Rams related, but I just want to know what you think is going to happen with Aaron Rodgers because it's been on the front of my mind all day. (laughs) The darkness retreat is so damn weird. That would make me not want him as my quarterback. I think what he's what he's doing is selfish, and I think it's similar to the Allen Robinson situation where you would have to trade him. The Packers are going to have to eat thirty million of that fifty-eight million that's guaranteed. So, in order to find a trade partner, you have to be able to willingly take on money, and then also get the compensation that you'd want back for Aaron Rodgers. Like, I don't know if that's going to work. Like, you're going to what's your expectation if you move Aaron Rodgers? Two first-round picks. Like you're, you're you're giving this other team all this money if you don't eat it. So maybe if you eat the money, 
and maybe there's a there's a situation at play. I, I mean, I feel like he's going to go back to Green Bay or he's going to retire. Yeah, that's. I feel like it's going to be the most boring situation possible, which would be him just going back to Green Bay, and then we're like, he just has people speaking his name. He's just such a celebrity. He wants to be like an actual celebrity, where it's like, you know, some athletes don't like the limelight. I, I don't think he he wants nothing more. But yeah, I think uh, here's a would be my my bet on a uh, on bet online if it was available. I'd bet that Aaron Rodgers goes and replaces AJ Hawk and joins the Pat McAfee live show. Oh, that that's a great bet. I think he does one more year in Green Bay and they're like third in the division. Yeah. And that's it. And then yeah. Jordan and then, White comes in the next year and he's terrible. That coaching staff's getting picked. Or he gets benched like halfway through the season. If he and they go back. they go full Jordan Love. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's so much going on in this league. It's like every single day. Another I know. So, it's just so fun. It's so entertaining. And it's it happens at the very top of the hour, every hour, it feels like. So we'll be here for everything. We appreciate you guys. We love you guys. And thanks so much for listening. Yeah. Take care, everyone. Peace. Like, subscribe. Thank Go you. Around.